Beloved by God Church, let us begin our service before the Lord. Let us stand up and confirm the confessions of the faith of our heart, the promise that belongs to the door of our hope. May the resurrection of Christ rule within our bodies. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for the great privilege of being in this place that your hand has appointed for the worshiping of your holy name. And now allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted to heights that are not reachable for us and destroy all burden and sin that binds us. May in this service, as previously, all the works of devil be cursed, illnesses, poverty, untimely death, demonic possession, all matter of fear, depression, destruction, ignorance, and error, all of this may depart from the tents of your people. And now stand, O Lord, upon the place of your rest, you and the ark of your might, and may your saints be clothed into your salvation and rejoice before your face. Give us more of your Spirit, saturate us with your Holy Spirit, allow us to find your great face. We thank you that the service is presented by Apostle Arkady into your godly hands, and we pray, continue to lead it with a mighty and powerful arm, our great God, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. May you be blessed. Please be seated. Beloved by God Church, may the peace of God be increased and not be limited within your heart. The limit that is established is established by us, not by Him. And so the measure, the limit, is something we establish and not God. And the measure of our dedication and sanctification. The greater we sanctify ourselves and dedicate ourselves, the greater will be the boundaries within which God can work with us. I would like to read the place of Scripture, Hebrews 11.5. This is a, a verse that uh, identifies one great hero of faith. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. The sermon will be called to please God. The essence of the testimony that was given to Enoch because Enoch pleased God was his earthly body that was transformed in the blink of an eye into a heavenly body, the image of which he carried in his heart by the revelation of the Holy Spirit for the span of 300 years in the format of the promises of the adoption of, the, of his body by the redemption of Christ. Practically, this unique verse, although it belongs to the examples we have of the heroes of faith that are given the faith of God, this one specifically stands apart from all the other heroes of faith that are mentioned in this chapter. So we may imitate their faith, because apart from Enoch, this is the testimony given regarding all of the rest of the heroes of faith. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Hebrews 11.13 Therefore, in this verse, we see the collaboration of the faith of man with the faith of God, which is the, in the given words is presented in the revelations of a special promise given by God to man, consisting in God, after man grows his methuselah, 
in the form of the perfect man, which will achieve the age of 300 years, intends to move a person to heaven, bypassing death that is put for us all. Therefore, in the given verse, the faith of man is presented in such obedience to the faith of God, where he was called to conquer death in his body, and after walk before God 300 years, so that he pleased God, and in this way received the right to the power to be moved to heaven, bypassing death that is put for us all. Therefore, the non-birth of Methuselah, but walking before God for 300 years, growing Methuselah, is what pleases God. According to the revelation of Scripture, moving to heaven to God, bypassing death, expecting, expecting all of us, is the brightest hope of our trust, which was concealed from prior generations and was kept in heaven for those who fear God, who live in the last days. Therefore, this unique promise is called to be revealed by God only in the last times by the obedience of the faith of man to the faith of God presented in scripture in the preached words of the apostles and prophets called to be the lips of God in the last days and it is identified in scripture this promise of this glorious hope for those who fear God in the last days as the inheritance that is in Christ Jesus that is incorruptible undefiled and that does not fade away reserved in heaven for them that will be ready to be revealed only in the last times as it is written blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last times 1 Peter 1 3 through 5 this promise is called to be our primary and honorable goal which we can inherit exclusively by knowing the good acceptable and perfect will of God which for us is the same truth which we need to know so according to Christ we can become free from slavery of sin so that we receive the right to the power to be slaves of righteousness to whom belong the promises of this hope as it is written then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him that is who were established in him if you abide in my word you are my disciples indeed and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John 8, 31, 32. Pay attention. Not fasting and prayer repentance, and not implemented spirits of deception, who resist the truth with their encounters, which are as if called to make the saints free of sin, but knowing the truth in the teaching of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh, called to make us free from sin, to clothe us into holy and royal garments, of students of Christ which will make us able to know all truth in the preached word of the apostles and prophets of Christ therefore according to the words of Christ to move to heaven bypassing death which expects us all we need to unite with the truth of the preached to us word into a marital union consisting of faith in a specific promise which is able to be open to our heart only by abiding in the preached word or obeying our faith to God's faith in the words of the messengers of God, which makes us true students of Christ or servants of righteousness. 
It is specifically the unearthly status of a student of Christ is what gives us the ability to know the truth or to make a marital union with the truth. Speaking of this, I want to note that Jesus addressed these words to the Jews who believed in him, that is, those Jews who were established in him and in his words. And only such a marriage union with the truth of the word of God makes us perfect in Christ Jesus or free from slavery of governing sin, living within our body in the form of the old man with his deeds, and clothes us into the honorable servant of righteousness. Or a desirable domination of the truth over us which we have concealed within our heart in the format of the elementary teaching of Christ, which is called to be demonstrated in the fruit of our meek or gentle lips, which according to scripture is the tree of life in our wise heart. As it is written, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit, Proverbs 15.4. Therefore, moving to heaven by pa- bypassing death that is set for all of us, as it is written, and as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many to those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation, Hebrews 9.27.28. Waiting for the salvation of your body by the adoption of Christ, which is necessary for us to be moved to heaven, bypassing death that expects us all, is a glorious promise called to be fulfilled in the last times at the door of our hope, which is the primary goal of our imperishable and unsearchable inheritance that is in Jesus Christ, which is tightly linked with a series of other oath promises of God which we need to be clothed into, otherwise we will not be allowed to move to heaven and bypass the expecting us death which Enoch was able to overcome. Since all these promises, including the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ, is an integral part of our inheritance in Christ Jesus, due to this it is necessary for us to answer three primary questions. Question 1. What do we need to do to receive the ability to pay the price for the right to walk before God so that we can please God and receive a living testimony that we have pleased Him. <clears throat> Question 2. What criteria and characteristics do the scriptures provide for the fullness of our incorruptible, undefiled, and unfading, unfading inheritance in Christ Jesus, which is given to us not in the form of a menu in a restaurant where we can choose something and leave something, considering that for every oath promise that is included in our inheritance and the incorruptible and unfading inheritance that is in Jesus Christ, we need to pay a price, since every promise is given to us exclusively in the format of a seed, which we received into a conscience that is cleansed from dead works or the soil of our heart and are called to grow into the fruits of, this, into the, fruits of the Spirit. Question 3. The price that we need to pay to collaborate our faith with the faith of God so that we can in this way please God? Or what price do we need to pay to walk before God so that we please God and inherit the inheritance of God the Father which He has given to His Son Jesus Christ? Since we are called to inherit all of the oath promises in the seed of truth or in the seed of the Word in Christ Jesus, since all of these promises were given by God to Christ. 
And furthermore, we are only able to inherit them in Jesus Christ, with Jesus Christ, and by Jesus Christ. And before I present us with 12 components of our incorruptible, undefiled, and unfading inheritance, although there are many more of them, I want to address the first question, without which it will be difficult for us to place our inheritance and that price which we are called to pay for the right and ability to walk before God so that we can please God. Question 1. What do we need to do to receive the power to the right to walk before God so that we can pl- we can please God and receive a living testimony that we pleased God in the form of our imperishable or our uncorrupt body? I would like to open up this question by looking at an event that the Holy Spirit has revealed to me for you which occurred with one of the rulers of the synagogue when he met with Jesus to prevent the death of his daughter. In the image of this event, I would like to show us the moment where we need to bear or to give birth to Methuselah so that we receive the power to the right growing our Methuselah to walk before God. Considering this, I will remind us that if we will be studying this event simply within the limitations of historical of a historical event, then we will immediately be going in the wrong direction or the false direction, as it is written. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the, the, the world itself would not be able to contain the books that would be written. But only those deeds and events were written that do not belong, uh, only those deeds and events were written that do not belong to history as they are called to take place. Uh, within the bodies of the saints who are foreknown by God and destined to salvation from the coming doom. As it is written, therefore laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking, and as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and who believe in him will by no means be ashamed. Therefore, to you who believe he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And so when it says the disobedient, these are carnal people. Uh, This is not talking about the world. The world is not included here. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, they stumbled, being disobedient to the word to which they were appointed. It's not talking again about the world, but about uh, carnal people. As you can see, newborn babes are living stones or people that are born from the imperishable seed of the word of God who are not the temple of the Holy Spirit, although they are baptized by the Holy Spirit. To become the temple of the living God or a house of prayer, newborn babes need to need building materials consisting of 12 precious stones so that they can build themselves with other living stones in the foundation of the house of God so that they can achieve the salvation of their soul and the adoption of their body by building the walls of the new Jerusalem called trust. Therefore, let's look at the event which Jairus experienced the ruler of the synagogue, which also needs to be experienced by every believer who is called to save his soul and adopt his body. In this symbolic event, there are many characters 
and all of them are concealed in one Christian person who receives the teaching of Jesus Christ in the twelve foundations of the wall of the great Jerusalem to build himself upon this foundation into a wall of Jerusalem. Nevertheless, Jairus was close to losing his salvation and to keep it and to receive the ability to walk before God, to please God. A Christian person as Jairus needed to receive a revelation or knowledge how to place and establish the correct foundation from 12 precious stones for his salvation. And after enter Jerusalem through the uh, 12 pearly gates, into which he is supposed to build himself and after build his trust upon these 12 precious foundations into a spiritual house and holy priesthood. And so let us now look at this place of scripture, This look at this event. And behold, there came a man named Jairus and he was a ruler of the synagogue. I will say immediately that we need to separate the uh, Jewish synagogue from the synagogue of Satan. The Jewish synagogue uh, is where the teaching of being born again was taught. This is a faith teach. Faith teaching was given there, and so he was a ruler of such a synagogue, for he had, and so he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house, for he had an, he had an only daughter about twelve years of age. Note here, she was twelve years of age, and she was his only daughter. And she was dying. But as he went, the multitudes thronged him. Now a woman having a flow of blood for twelve years, who had sp- spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, The multitudes throng and press you, and you say, Who touched me? But Jesus said, Somebody touched me for a perceived power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him and declared to him and in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house and says to him, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Do not be afraid, only believe, and she will be made well. When he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, John, James and John and the father and mother of the girl. Now all wept and mourned for her, but he said, Do not weep, she is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside, took her by the hand, and called, saying, Little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned, and she arose immediately, and he commanded that she be given something to eat. And this is Luke 8, 41 through 55. The ruler of the synagogue, Jairus, is a symbol of our mind, who although is anointed by God to rule over our body, which is in infancy in all the saints, is a Jewish synagogue. And this is because their faith and their trust is founded upon the letter of the law, which kills. The letter of the law is any place of scripture, which we interpret with our carnal mind, 
both in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. The dying daughter of Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, is a symbol of his ability to receive the truth of the Word of God into his heart. This is a symbol of our ability to receive the seed of the Word of God. In the twelve precious foundations of the great Jerusalem, because the girl was twelve years old, we together have paid attention uh, more than once to the fact that in Christ Jesus there's no male or female, but there are only functions of female, functions of a female, which is to receive the seed of the word of God and the function of the male, confessing with our tongue the received by a seed of the word of God. According to the state of the daughter of Jairus, Jairus's ability to receive the seed of the word of God within his heart was in fatal illness. And the fact that Jairus had his, this ability speaks of the age of his daughter, who was 12 years old and who was a virgin. The ability in the image of virginity indicates the fact that the spirit of man, born from the seed of the word of truth, does not have sin. Since the spirit of man, which is born from God, does not sin, and the evil one does not come near him, as it is written, we know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself. Who is born of God is our spirit, not our soul or our body. What is born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given to us an understanding that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is in, who is true, and in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourself from idols. 1 John 5, 18-21 The age of our ability to receive and be fertilized with the seed of, of the preached to us word, which consists of 12 years, is a symbol of the order of God established by us in our heart, which is called theocracy, or being obedient to the authority of the love of God agape, which consists in the status of a student of Christ, or acknowledging the authority of one person over yourself, who is sent by God, who plants the seed of the word, and his helpers who watered the seed, who are in obedience to this person and are in one spirit with this person. The woman who suffered with bleeding, who met Jesus on her path to the house of Jairus, <clears throat> this is an example of how we need to receive justification. Before our ability to receive the seed of the word of God in the form of our daughter will be, heal will be healed. And so we will not be able to heal in ourselves the ability to receive the word of God until we receive justification. But our justification in the form of the daughter also dies. The garment of, of Jesus which the woman touched is a symbol of obtained or obtaining and establishing our justification by faith in Christ Jesus which is called to occur only within the body of Christ which in that moment the twelve disciples in the rank of apostles of Christ being led by Christ represented. In this symbolic event, the Holy Spirit has shown that such promises such as the justification and healing of our ability to receive the seed of the Word of God into our heart for the fullness of our salvation is called to occur upon the place called the Church of Jesus Christ. And entry into such a church, the entry into such a church are the narrow gates and the form of the twelve pearly gates into which we are called to build ourselves. Building your body into the twelve pearly gates, which is accomplished by entering such gates, 
is the testimony of the birth of our Methuselah, allowing us to walk before God so we can build our body into a spiritual house. In essence, building yourself into the twelve pearly gates is first linked to the collaboration of our cross with the cross of Christ. Since only being crucified with Christ is what gives us the right to justification in the resurrection of Christ, which is a result of being crucified with Christ and His death, into which we are submerged into the baptism of water, Holy Spirit, and fire. And also building yourself into the twelve pearly gates is the price of being tied to, allowing us to walk through the narrow gate, access to which makes us partakers to the broken body of Christ in the form of the Church of Christ which in that moment in time the twelve apostles together with Christ represented for Jairus. In our situation such a place is the remembrance of the name of God in the form of every local church of saints who satisfy the demands of a good wife who possess the status of the narrow gate or the order of the kingdom of heaven. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak according to their deeds according accordingly he will repay fury to his adversaries recompense his enemies the coastlands he will fully repay so shall they fear the name of the lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun when the enemy comes in like a flood the spirit of the lord will lift up a standard against him isaiah 59:17-19 this is talking about the garments of christ to symbolize uh, in, in relation to our justification, when Jairus symbolically as the woman that suffered with bleeding for 12 years touched the hem of the garments of Jesus, he received confirmation of his justification, which made him able to resist death in the form of his dying 12-year-old daughter and the ability to bear his Methuselah. Because for all those who fear God, who are candidates for the kingdom of heaven, there is the testimony of the birth of our Methuselah, who, who drives away death, which in essence is a confirmation of our justification. And so the birth of our Methuselah is the confirmation of our justification, which you receive in resurrection. You shall follow what is altogether just, that you may live and inherit the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Deuteronomy 16.20 Jairus was seeking righteousness for his ability to receive the seed of the word and be fertilized with the seed of the word. This is well seen in the woman who suffered with bleeding issues for 12 years who represented his mortal body or his mortal soul the illness itself both that of the daughter of Jairus who was around 12 years of age who represented the ability of the faith of his heart to receive the seed of promise into the good soil of his heart as well as the woman who suffered with blood issues for 12 years who represented the ability of the salvation of the soul by the justification of Christ, this was not the result of their sin or the sin of their parents. This illness was a necessity for building yourself into the twelve pearly gates as it represented the process of the work of the cross of Christ, which was necessary to legitimize the order of the kingdom of heaven in the fruit of justice within their hearts and within their souls. As it is written, but seek first the kingdom of God in his, in his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you, Matthew 6.33. Seeking the kingdom of heaven in his righteousness is seeking justice over the old man living within our body in the form of Methuselah, 
whose conception is accompanied with the grace of God that begins to rule in our heart by touching the garments of Christ upon the place where God has put a remembrance for his name in the form of his church. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He put covering. He covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. Isaiah 61.10 It is specifically when the woman who suffered the blood issues for 12 years touched the hem of the garments of Jesus, Jairus in this way received legitimate confirmation of his justification, after which although someone from his household said to him, Your daughter is dead, do not trouble the teacher. But Jesus responded to him, Do not be afraid, only believe. In result of the collaboration of the cross of Christ, Jairus received the legitimate confirmation of his justification in the resurrection of Christ and his ability to receive the seed of promise in new strength was demonstrated in his daughter in the fruit of resurrection. And only now and not later or earlier, every Christian received the ability to pay the price so that they can walk before God so they can grow their Methuselah and in this way please God and receive testimony before they are moved to heaven, which consists in the changing of their body from an earthly body to a heavenly body. So they receive the right in the middle of the final week to be moved to heaven and bypass death that is expecting them. Furthermore, we need to pay attention to the order by which God accomplishes His work in the Church of Christ to build the body of Christ by which Jairus received the resurrection of his daughter in the function of the fivefold ministry, which the Holy Spirit symbolically demonstrated in the five individuals in the presence of which Jesus resurrected his daughter. Coming into the house, Jesus did not allow anyone else to enter but Peter, John, and James, and the father and mother of the girl. And he, there were five people. And he took the girl by the hand and said, Little girl, arise, and her spirit returned, and she arose immediately. This is confirmed by the place of scripture, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers, for the keeping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. Everything God does in the church, he does using the fivefold ministry. And so that's why five people needed to be present for the resurrection of the daughter of Jairus or our ability to receive the seed of the word of God and one other important detail in this event in that this is the multitude of people that followed Jairus and Christ they followed with the goal of receiving some kind of good for their flesh either in the form of healing of their bodies and the healing of their materialistic uh, situation this is a symbol of thoughts of carnal mind in man who follows Christ, but not upon the condition of a student of Christ, but upon the condition of one that exploits the grace of God to receive good from him for the earthly life in the flesh, which deeply saddened, wounded, and offended Christ back then as well as today. He said to them, You seek me not because you saw, you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. You seek what is for the flesh. Although Jairus had this kind of mentality, which he inherited from the sinful seed of his fathers in the flesh, he in the form of the woman who suffered with bleeding issues throughout the crowd of carnal thinking. 
and placed at the primary to seek the kingdom of heaven in his righteousness, seeking in himself the ability to receive justification to produce the fruit of righteousness by which he was called to inherit salvation because of the death of his daughter in the form of his soul and the adoption of his body and received that what he was seeking. Question 2. What criteria and characteristics do the scriptures provide for the fullness of our incorruptible, undefiled, and unfading inheritance in Christ Jesus? Considering this, we need to remember that flesh and blood, in the state in which we have them on earth, does not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, the imperishable inheritance about which we will be speaking do not apply in any way to flesh and blood and cannot. As it is written, and as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound. This will happen in the middle uh, of the week of Daniel. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For the corruptible must put on incorruption and the mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. 1 Corinthians 15, 49-56. Therefore, First, component identifying our inheritance in Christ Jesus that is incorruptible, undefiled, and that does not fade away is the Lord himself. As it is written, O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. Psalm 16, 5, 6. God gives himself as a part of the inheritance of his descendants. That is that category of saints who were born from God or from the seed of the word of truth by listening and obeying the preached word but as many as received him to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in in his name who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of God John 1 12 13 first examining yourself as to whether you are born from God as to is to be done by receiving the grace of God which we are able to receive by first demonstrating our own favor or our own grace to the Lord as it is written and of his fullness we have all received and grace for grace, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ, John 1, 16, 17. Considering this, it is referring to re- receiving such a nature of grace, which reigns within our body by bringing the produced by us fruit of righteousness from the seed of the preached to us word of justification, which we have grown into the, into the fruits of righteousness or into the fruits of justice, into Methuselah, which will be reflected in our gentle mouth that is disciplined by the commandments of God abiding in our wise and good heart, which we have previously already cleansed from dead works. As it is written, Romans 5.21, so that as sin reigns in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In other words, we demonstrate our grace to the Lord when we 
perform justice, condemning within ourselves the old man with his deeds, in the form of our nation, the house of our father, and our corrupt desires, to which God gives us his covenant of peace, which is grace that rules in us through righteousness. And the grace that reigns through righteousness in our heart is the covenant of peace between us and God. Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, has turned back my wrath from the children of Israel because he was zealous with my zeal among them so that I did not consume the children of Israel in my zeal. Therefore say, behold, I give to him my covenant of peace and it shall be to him because he was zealous and he had killed sin in the form of the person who had committed the sin in the camp. He says, I give him my covenant of peace. When we eradicate the old man with his deeds by the cross of the Lord Jesus, God gives us the covenant of peace. And it shall be to him and his descendants after him a covenant of an everlasting priesthood. Our descendants are the promises which we bear. We receive them in a form of a seed and then receive them in the form of fruit. Because he was zealous for his God and made atonement for the children of Israel, Numbers 25, 11 through 13. We note that the understanding of being born from God or born from above includes three functions which col- collaborate with one another and fro- flow from one another. The birth from water, birth from the spirit, and birth to the throne in which we are called to, to walk before God or go our Methuselah and in doing so come to perfection. Second, examining yourself as to whether you are born from God <clears throat> is to be done by your ability to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, to be led by the Holy Spirit, which is only possible upon two conditions. First, clothing yourself into the mantle of a student of Christ, and for this it is necessary to cast off an inspector's religious toga, inspecting the preached to us word, and once and for all stop being guided by the arrogance of your mind and subjugate its stubborn character to your gentle or meek heart. And second is to clothe yourself into the discipline of, the, of spiritual thoughts, giving us the opportunity and ability to be vigilant in prayer or to worship God in spirit and in truth. Jesus answered and said to Nicodemus, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. You don't know from where it comes or where it goes. John 3, 3, 3 through 8. And so when God leads his children, they absolutely don't know where they're going, where God is leading them. They don't know the place. They don't know how to get there. Why? Because his nation who fears him have put on the blindness of Christ and the deafness of Christ. They don't listen to deception. They don't see all kinds of deception. They only hear the voice of God and they follow only the voice of God, which is why it says in Isaiah, I will lead them uh, upon path they don't path they don't know. And so this is that path we don't know that testifies of the fact that our faith in God is strong and that we follow after the word and not feelings or, or other factors. Third, examining yourself 
<clears throat> as to whether you are born from God is to be done by not sinning on the level of your spirit. As it is written, 1 John 5.18, we know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself and, and the wicked one does not touch him. Allow me to remind us that the righteous can commit sins or fall, but is not a sinner. Proverbs 24.15.16, do not lie in wait, a wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Do not plunder his resting place. For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. Proverbs 24:15-16. And he tells the wicked, do not do these things because the righteous will rise again, but you won't. <clears throat> and as you can see, when we fall because we want to do good, but it belongs to us to do evil, because in the aspect of our essence, sin still reigns, which is passed on to us from this aimless seed of our fathers. The scriptures say that in the character of such falling, we still remain righteous in the eyes of God because we immediately repent in our sins and then God does not account the sin to us. If our conscience has condemned our sin, God will not then condemn us because we remain righteous. As it is written, if, you, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us <clears throat> from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. 1 John 1, 8-10 There exists a particular heretic deception in the arrogant minds of carnal religious people who consider themselves spiritual, that is, as if after you are born again, you no longer have governing sin in your body, but as you can see, such a thought would then make God a liar, because the birth of our spirit from God does not free us from the power of governing sin in our body that was genetically passed on to us from the aimless seed of our fathers in the flesh. To eradicate the power of governing sin in our body, in the form of the old man, in this case, what is required is not birth from the seed of the word of truth, but the truth of the cross of Christ. And the process of fighting with sin, passed on to us from the aimless seed of our fathers, will continue until, by the power of the cross of Christ, we eradicate its power within our body. Fourth, Examining yourself as to whether you are born from God is to be done by searching for your heavenly country that is prepared for us by God, uh, this city whose builder and maker is God, <clears throat> in the church, to seek in the church. This is that city. Because when people sing and they speak, they're always thinking about some kind of city they will see one day. It's, it's, it's a blindness because the city is on earth. That's his church. Hebrews 11, 13 through 16. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had the opportunity to return. It's referring to the church, but now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. And so what is the better? That's the heavenly. And He has prepared a city for them. Hebrews 11, 13 through 16. And so these righteous will live in the church when they come to heaven. And such a city whose builder and maker is God 
is the Church of Jesus in the form of a specific local church, which satisfies the requirements of a good wife, possessing the virtue of the narrow gate, or the structure of the order of the kingdom of heaven. If by way we do not pay the appropriate price to find such a church in the form uh, and instead we choose to interpret things with our own mind, then our birth from God will be annihilated and we will be vomited out of God's mouth and will be cast into hell with the wicked and with demons. Fifth, examining yourself as to whether you are born from God is to be done by having a humble and contrite spirit and a trembling regard to the preached word of the messengers of God and their helpers who are together with him in one spirit. For all those things my hand has made, and all these things exist, says the Lord. But on this one will I look, on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit, and who trembles at my word. And so a trembling reference to the preached word is a demonstration of our favor before God in our prayer, as well as listening to the word for which God then sends his favor in turn to us. Hebrews 5, 7 who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with vehement cries and tears to him, was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear, because he revered before God, because he had this godly fear, God showed his favor to him. The ability to have this godly fear is something that belongs exclusively to the fruit of our spirit. Isaiah 29, 22-24 Therefore thus says the Lord who redeemed Abraham concerned concerning the house of Jacob Jacob shall, Jacob shall not now be ashamed nor shall he face a grow or grow pale but when he sees his children the work of my hands in his midst they will hallow my name and hallow the holy one of Jacob and fear the God of Israel these also who who erred in spirit will come to understanding and those who complained with learning will learn doctrine. Sixth, examining yourself as to whether you are born from God is to be done by separating from those born according to the flesh or people who are born from the seed of the word of truth but continue to be guided by the interpretations of scripture with their carnal mind. Galatians 4, 28-31 Now we brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise, but as he was born according to the flesh, then persecuted him who was born of according to born according to the Spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what does the Scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. And so we need to understand that the one that's born of the flesh are the abilities of our soul uh, who persecute the who, who, who persecute what is born of, of the Spirit and what is spiritual. <clears throat> Seventh, examining yourself as to whether you are born from God is to be done by our ability to be dead to sin and living for God. Revelations 3.15 I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm, neither cold or hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. A cold person is one who is dead to sin, and a hot person is a person who is living for God. And such a state of a person that is born from God is achieved by the obedience of our faith to the faith of God when we consider ourselves dead to sin, living for God, and proclaim the not-existent stronghold of incorruption in our body as existent. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, 
but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts, and do not pre present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Romans 6, 10 through 14. If what is born, if a born from God person does not resist sin in the form of the old man that lives within his body and tries to, uh, to take control or works to take control of, of his own rights, uh, then he in his time will be blotted out of the book of life because he did not acknowledge this governing sin in his body and in this way resisted God instead and decided that God is a liar when he said about himself that being in spirit born from God he no longer can remain that sin can no longer remain in the body and to rule over his body and so this kind of outlook unfortunately makes God to, out to be a liar and such a person will perish because being born again does not deliver us from governing sin in our body which we have inherited genetically from the sinful seed of our fathers in the flesh as it is written if we say that we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us <clears throat> and we had such people in our church and God has cleansed us from them who was were literally sp uh, spitting saying that uh, what kind of old man lives in your body if you're born again how can this be and thank God God has uh, delivered us from such evil people if we say that we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us if we confess our sins if we say that it is in us and we're opening it up and we're confessing it he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness he justifies us he cleanses us from all unrighteousness if we say that we have not sinned we make him a liar and his word is not in us first John 1 8 through 10 the reason for why governing sin uh, remains within the body of a person is because to eradicate sin God did not intend the seed of the word but he gave the tool of the cross of Christ uh, and we need to collaborate by carrying our own cross with the cross of Christ where a person voluntarily to save his soul and adopt his body by the redemption of Christ is called to die by the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ for his nation the house of his father and for the corrupt desires that's in, that are in him which are supported by governing sin our old man because God will not fulfill the role of the man or violate his sovereign rights if being born again from God would have fulfilled the role of eradicating the old man from our system then God would not have approached us or have given us these other words that he had given in scripture in this you greatly rejoice though now for a little while <clears throat> If need, you have been grieved by various trials, that the geniusness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found in, to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you, uh, whom you have not seen, you love, though now <clears throat> you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy 
expressibly and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith due to obedience, the salvation of your souls. First Peter 1, 6 through 9. Our collaboration of carrying our cross with the cross of Christ includes the process of building yourself into the 12 pearly gates, which then uh, are followed by building yourself into the great Jerusalem. And so the birth of our Methuselah, who drives away death and eradicates the power of our old man from ourselves, is the result of the of the collaboration of our cross with the cross of Christ, which r- allows us the legitimate right to pay the price to walk before God so that we can then please Him. Amen. The next part we will study in the next service. I trust that will I will be able to continue it. Dear Church, I want to uh, come to you with these words. I miss you. I see all of you on screen, of course, and I watch every service. It's you. You don't see me, but I see you. And I do miss you, and I would love to be with you in the service, but as the state of my health, I can't yet be, do that. I have uh, have some energy today to be able to uh, read everything, state everything I wanted to. There will be another two, three service uh, sermons to uh, help us understand how to walk before God and the price that needs to be paid to walk before God. We know what is most important to pay a price. You need to have Methuselah first. Without the birth of Methuselah, you cannot walk before God. You can't grow him. And I will say ahead that growing 300 years is not a span of time, but it's symbolic. When we are are grown into a full, uh, a mature man, uh, into the full measure of growth in Christ, and we'll talk about that later. May the Lord bless you with mercy and grace. With God, we will meet soon. We are very grateful to Pastor Arkady for the revelations that he has given us. And he has a lot of strength. And we believe and we know that there won't be just two or three sermons. There will be more of them because the potential and revelations that he has, the, 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 what, what's been prepared and it includes a lot, of, uh, a lot more sermons. And so today we heard these revelations and there are things that we absolutely needed to hear and understand. And I began to examine my heart and I began with these things. The name of the sermon is to please God. And that place that is at the foundation of truth, by faith, God was taken that he did not see death because God had taken him. Because before he was taken, he received a testimony that he pleased God. And pastor asking the question, is bearing Methuselah uh, pleasing God? Not exactly. It includes it to bear Methuselah is necessary so that you can walk before God then for 300 years after you bear Methuselah. The essence, uh, 300 years to walk before God. And as he said, and as he read about Enoch, 
Enoch lived six, 65 years in Bormethuselah. And at the birth of Methuselah, he lived another 300 years and bore other sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 uh, years. And so this, uh, this revelation that Pastor has passed on to us to please God is not just to bear the promised Methuselah. To bear Methuselah is just the first step. To bear Methuselah, at the birth of Methuselah, we need to walk before God 300 years. And absolutely, we need to look at the questions Pastor has asked and how he answers them. If you say shortly, the first question of the three was what characteristics do we need to have to bear Methuselah? The second question was what is the reward in heaven, the imperishable in, uh, promise in heaven, and what is it made of? And third, what price we need to pay so that we can, we're talking symbolically, 300 years, we can walk before God and please Him. And today, Pastor had shown to us the characteristics that we need to have to bear Methuselah. And the second question he just started, revealing that great imperishable inheritance that is in heaven. And he had shown us the first component that the imperishable inheritance is God Himself. That's the first answer. He is our imperishable inheritance, and he had shown immediately that we are born from God, who is a part of our imperishable inheritance. And the third question, how will we be able to then walk before God uh, for 300 symbolically years by growing this fruit of righteousness? And this first component, this uh, symbol, and example uh, that has never been explained up, uh, up until now showed the characteristics of the heart of a person who is ready to bear Methuselah, what characteristics he had. And he showed us in the example of Jairus, uh, that leader of the synagogue, if we don't have this kind of qualities, then we will not be able to bear Methuselah. Jairus, his name means one who is enlightened by God. and. This is our mind that has come to Jesus and has fallen at his feet and embraced him. The beauty that pastor shows, God, uh, or our pastor explains <clears throat> that to bear Methuselah, giving birth to Methuselah uh, begins with Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. And so he comes at Jesus' feet and he embraces him and so this this is a representation of the mind of man and who caresses the feet of Jesus and we know that this person had only one daughter she was 12 years old and he asked Jesus to come and heal her and when he had come to he was walking to his house on the way a woman uh, had met him who had uh, suffered with 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 bleeding for 12 years all of these events it's interesting, we're happening in the same gyrus, very uniquely. Uh, all of these happen in us, and to heal our one daughter, 12 years old, we first need to, this soul, this woman who suffered with the uh, bleeding, that she be completely healed. And after she received her healing, and he had 
stated this healing for this woman who suffered in her illnesses. At this time, also, they had told Jairus that your daughter had died. And so now you can resurrect. It's very very important for aspects in the words of pastor that I've noted the daughter of Jairus needed to die but she wasn't she needed she won't die but she will only die when our soul is uh, healed from from bleeding bleeding we need to understand when we receive salvation or are born again then immediately life begins to come from our leave our soul and our body and we die every day God saves our spirit so that our spirit can then expand its salvation upon our soul and our body every single day from our soul and our body uh, life leaves it and will forever die for God at some point but we need to do something we need to force our Jairus the leader of the synagogue to humble before God himself before God and come to the feet of Christ and of course the feet of Christ are God's messengers who come and uh, preach the gospel to us and this is a very important aspect again speaking of the daughter Jairus had a daughter 12 years old and this daughter symbolizes uh, this is the ability of our heart to receive the faith of our heart to receive the seed of promise which is that demonstrated in the adoption of our body this promise the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ and so for Jairus, he needed to to resist death. Jairus ne- needed to receive into the good soil of his heart the adoption of his body and to bear his methuselah. For this, Jairus needed to uh, needed this woman that suffered with bleeding for 12 years to touch the hem of the garment of Jesus and receive this legitimate confirmation of his justification at this moment. I wrote out for me these primary uh, points, uh, the truth that Pastor had given to help us understand this truth. The woman that suffered with bleeding for 12 years that met with Jesus on the way to to the house of Jairus is how we need to receive and confirm our justification in ourselves before we have the ability to receive the seed of the word of truth. And so for us to receive the seed in the form of Methuselah, <clears throat> we need to heal our soul or that it touch the hem of the garments of Jesus and that our justification can be confirmed. When we receive justification freely by, the, by grace, it is not yet confirmed. <clears throat> it begins to bleed and begins to die. And so to confirm this justification that is given freely by grace, in Jesus Christ we need to confirm it by approaching Jesus and touching the hems of his garments the hem of his garments is when we're in the body of Christ in the body of Christ and when we are it's already revealed to us the promise that belongs to the door of our hope because touching the hems of the garments is understanding from the ends of the earth we hear the voice of the Lord glory to the righteous and so to act touch the hems of the garments is to receive blessing to the ends of the earth the Lord has something for me uh, for the adoption of my body and the salvation of my soul from this position she approached Jesus 
she she didn't just appro approach him that I need healing. I need that the the corrupt be swallowed up by victory and that death be swallowed up by victory, by the victory of Christ. This is what it means to uh, approach Jesus and touch the hems of his garments. And the garments of Jesus is a symbol of obtaining and confirming our justification by faith in Jesus Christ, which is called to happen in the body of Christ, which at that moment were the 12 disciples, they represented uh, the 12 disciples did and Jesus himself. And so when our soul in the form of our mind, Jairus uh, fell before Jesus' feet, when our soul in the form of this woman who suffers for 12 years uh, from ble because of bleeding, she suffered with bleeding, she was able to access his garments, touch his garments, and receive confirmation of, of the promise of justification in her body. And so this justification needs to be confirmed. And only after we receive the ability to receive our daughter healed, and not just healed, but that daughter that will And so he asked for healing, but she will be resurrected. And so the daughter within our essence, to Bermethacella, drives away death. Uh, she wasn't healed, she died. And she died exactly when the woman who suffered with bleeding was healed. When justification was confirmed. At that moment, the young girl that needs to bear what is promised, the promised son, she dies, <clears throat> and Jesus says, and they told uh, Jairus, she to they told Jesus, do not bother the, ma the, the, the teacher that she's already died. One who has confirmed his justification, God says that he can't die. Death has no power over him. He just goes to sleep. It's very important, not about every holy person. A person who received justification freely but could not confirm it, for God he has died, but a person who has confirmed his justification, just as the soul of Jairus did in the form of this woman who suffered with the bleeding, then about such a person, he cannot die, he just goes to sleep for a short time. When Jesus said she fell asleep, the young girl fell asleep, they began to ridicule him. Those who were crying began to ridicule him, and then he made everyone leave, and as we heard, there were only five people, uh, Peter, John, and James, and also the parents, the father and mother of the girl, the fivefold ministry. This is very important and to, under, to understand. And only now, after this young girl is resurrected, the Christian received the ability to walk before God so that he can grow his Methuselah and in this way please God. And only now, when this young girl resurrected, she, this woman is the ability with your spirit to receive the word of God and to please him. And so the ability to receive the word of God and have them on your table of showbreads. This is the preparation phase. And she receives, then the word may be according to your word, and then Methuselah is born. And now you can please God for the for a specific amount of time. As we see, to please God is not just bear the promised Methuselah. 
our goal again is not to just to bear Methuselah, but at the after the birth of Methuselah to please God for a specific amount of time. And Pastor says that you could study this truth and go deeper into all of these things. Uh, we see the two sons of Isaiah also, which we saw uh, Isaiah and their examples as well. <clears throat> they were they're also uh, an example of the confirmation. Maher Shalomach Mazbash, if you remember, that he was an example of. Uh, this justification as well. You could take these principles and see them there as well. Very beautiful details that you could see in these stories as well. So that Meher Shalal Hashbas would be born uh, to be conceived. He was conceived at the presence of two witnesses. There was a priest and a prophet and his name needed to be written and he was conceived in the presence of two witnesses. Same thing here, if you look, the young girl, she received the ability to receive the promise, but at the presence of whom? All those who were ridiculing them, they needed to be thrown out, and only those, the five people needed to remain, Peter, John, James, and the father and the mother of the girl. What does this say? Here we see the fivefold service that represents for us the Holy Spirit, Word of God. This is the Urim and the Thummim, the fivefold service. And we see there the apostles, we see the mother, we see the father. And so the girl needs to have a father, someone who, who is a representative of God's fathership. In church, there needs to be a father that represents, who is a father of God, an apostle. And when we have all of these components, only now can we receive the promised seed and be fertilized with this seed. You see what a long process it was so that you could receive the seed of promise, Methuselah. And today we studied that first component, what characteristic a person needs to have. And we saw this with Jairus. And we could see this also with, again, the example of Isaiah and his two uh, sons. And so the Lord confirms our justification. And then uh, we produce righteousness. And in the second uh, question uh, that is asked, uh, he explains uh, further <clears throat> as to how we need to be or what is in heaven ready for us. And then he uh, will explain further as to how we can be connected with those things of heaven and have them in our life. And so right now we will pray, and I ask every holy person to come up here who would like to not just receive, but receive and confirm their justification. And it happens at the time of repentance, practically to approach and touch the hems of the garments of Jesus Christ is to repent, to acknowledge your sins, to confess, to condemn these uh, sins and knowing your heart uh, that this is to please the Lord and to please the Lord begins with touching the hems of his garments we will wait for you here at the altar uh, so we can all uh, touch these garments
together. I am going to be praying our prayer and I ask you to deeply believe that God is on our side he's not against us he has loved us with an eternal love he has given us the work of his redemption he has stood between us and our enemies to protect us and to lift us up to his level your eyes are closed your hand hands are lifted to God this is a sign that your hands are without wrath or doubt pray together with me Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to you and upon this holy place, in the church of your holy people, I open up my heart so that you may see my pain, my suffering, my wounds that are inflicted by sin and lust, which I hate and that I reject. I come to you with my dependence with sin that I'm bound with, illnesses, fears, pampered dignity, and dishonor. I ask you, forgive me, wash me, cleanse me, heal my wounds, restore me, protect me with the blood of your Son. And now, before heaven and hell, I want to proclaim that in accordance to your words, I am washed, I am cleansed, I am healed, I am restored, I am justified, and I am saved. Your sins are forgiven and your trespasses 
in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you. May He look upon you with, with His great face and show you mercy and give you peace. May thousands and ten thousands attempt to come near you, but they won't touch you. May upon you the blessing of the ancient mountains and everlasting hills be. May with noise the stronghold of death be thrusted out of your body, and may the stronghold of life be erected in its place. May all this be upon you and your children, and the nation shall say, Amen. And as we can see, we have a sufficient amount of information that we can now look into, that we can study. And let us finish with our manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.